Welcome to the Brand Ambassadors, your wide-angle look at the field of PR and what it means for your company. Your host is Merritt Hamilton Allen with co-host Gary Potterfield. Every firm has a compelling narrative that sets them apart from the crowd. In your company, you can use your own background and storytelling to your advantage as well as that of your business. Now, here are your hosts, Merritt Hamilton Allen and Gary Potterfield. Good morning and welcome to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Merritt Hamilton Allen. Good morning, Gary. How are you doing? Doing all right, Merritt. And you? I'm great. You know, we're counting down to the holidays, so of course this week we're going to talk about hostile work environments. <laughs> That's nothing says holiday like a hostile work environment. Well, uh, like, like like the company Christmas party or something like that. Although we've not had go. those kind of there things. There you go. Actually, we we had that happen not too long ago in our community. I won't talk to I won't talk too much about that. And I definitely want to emphasize our listener line eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. If you're listening to this live, please call in and talk with us. We definitely want to hear uh, from uh, listeners today, or email us at brand.ambassadors at voxoptima dot com. And really, the genesis of this, uh, Gary, came from uh, the two of us talking about the hashtag MeToo campaign. And I think something that struck us is you and I kind of went through this a couple decades ago after a little event called Tailhook. Yeah, Tailhook was, uh, that was, that was massive news um, uh, back uh, when we were both in the Before Navy. Before massive news was even a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Navy's had its share of, uh, of issues, and interestingly, I was thinking before the show about uh, uh, the way the Navy was back when I was uh, young in the Navy, and it was such a different environment. I mean, you couldn't even begin, if someone was transported from uh, the 1980s uh, to this year and, and, and brought into the Navy, they'd probably be on charges within a, within a couple of hours. Or if um, someone was transported from a really conservative Catholic university to the wildest air station overseas. Oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> I, 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 here's the thing, though, Merritt. I, I just have a hard time uh, picturing you as naive. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I always front well. That's, that's the main thing. But, you know, it was, it was kind of fascinating. Um, just the quick story. I, I was, no kidding, packed out of my dorm room at Notre Dame and shipped to the Philippines uh, for my first tour after graduation. And because I was at an air station and because I wasn't an aviator, um, I immediately got every collateral duty possible. In addition to the fact that because I had a radio background, I was no longer going to be the assistant weapons officer, but I was going to be the public affairs officer. So I got to the Philippines, I want to say July 5th, 1991. I turned 21 uh, the next month, and two weeks after my 21st birthday, a little event uh, happened in Las Vegas called Tailhook. And uh, for those of you who may not remember it, uh, Tailhook was a big aviation party. It was for carrier uh, aviators, and it had always been kind of wild and raucous and bachelor party-like. And I think probably what... um, Mark Tailhook 91 is that was the first year there was a critical mass of women pilots there. So the bad behavior wasn't just documented by um, uh, girlfriends for the night uh, or uh, hotel staff, but by coworkers and colleagues who uh, got pulled into the fun uh, whether they wanted to or not. Yeah, and then we, we all started, uh, then right after that, it was we all started actually for the, I don't know if it's the first time, but the first time you remember of just serious, uh, you know, training and events to, to try to combat uh, sexual harassment issues. Yeah, and um, I wound up, uh, we had an eight-hour sexual harassment training stand-down, it was called. And I did it in several sessions for the 3,000 people at my command. And then because I'd done well enough, um, uh, I got pimped out with our lawyer by the um, commanding officer. Uh, success will be punished in the military for all the tenant command. So uh, about 5,000 people uh, received their eight-hour sexual harassment uh, training stand-down at the hands of, uh, of Ensign Hamilton. But I will say, running through slides, and these weren't even like 
PowerPoint slides. These were Harvard graphic slides taken to the print shop and put on transparencies because that's how you did slides in 1991. Um, when you flip 100 slides um, 12 or 13 times over uh, a period of a month, you really get to know what the Navy policy is. And my point on that is every business here uh, uh, is potentially facing uh, this issue, whether it blows up in Twitter or simply blows up in your workplace. Um, you, need to have a, uh, you need to have a really uh, solid contingency plan that's completely based on communication, and that plan has to focus on your policy, and you have to have a clear policy. Yeah, and um, um, it's the thing for me is uh, thinking about this now is that it's trying to make sense of it. Um, I mean, is it, it, is it something in the food? What happened all of a sudden? Why this has gone absolutely crazy? And uh, and and is it is it just something that's been hidden? Um, and I guess we'll talk about that as the hour goes along. Well, I, no, I th- I think it is, and. I think real quickly, organizations have to understand, okay, what is our culture? And how do we want people to feel working here? And, uh, you know, uh, uh, are you um, a dealer in a Las Vegas casino or are you a bank teller? I mean, all all these things in the company culture uh, are going to affect it. But essentially, do you feel comfortable at work? Do you feel comfortable with your coworkers? And that's not always on the organization. Um, and certainly I think we're going to see um, with the platform hashtag me too has given this issue, there are going to be people who abuse it. Yeah, I, well, and, and um, what I was thinking about earlier was uh, the how do you get a balance where it is where, where people feel comfortable being at work um, not, but also, yeah. So they're not, but they're also not walking on pins and needles all the time. Going, uh, and so where where the creativity that is needed in a in a in a, a commercial business to try to succeed, or even government, um, where that's not hindered by the fact that people are afraid to interact. Well, and you know that was something that um, uh, the Navy dealt with because uh, after, after uh, a lot of the fear died down, we thought we had our policy in place, we were moving out on things. Uh, I think a lot of women felt a little backlash, and suddenly you couldn't uh, go into a male colleague's office because um, if it was just the two of you, you might accuse them of something. So that colleague would always call in um, uh, a third person to be a witness. And, you know, and this could be asking, do you want a cup of coffee? This could be, did you get, um, uh, did, uh, did you get the facts from headquarters? Really, really generic stuff, and women, uh, while trying to uh, stand up for themselves, were again cast in the role of other. And I hope, I hope uh, the private sector, as they wrestle through this uh, in 2017, 2018, don't make the same mistakes. Yeah, and uh, obviously, um, it is difficult. I mean, for for a, a woman to see things from the man's perspective and the man to see it from the woman's perspective and all of us to try to uh, get along. We're, I think and, and, um, I, it makes you think twice. I mean, I'm, um, I think we're, we're pretty lucky in Vox Optima. We just uh, haven't, seen, haven't seen that so much, but I don't think we've seen it at all in terms of inside the company. But then you start asking yourself, do, do I have this right? Am I, am, I, am, I, am I acting properly? Or have I said something that maybe has been uh, that I didn't intend, so it's. Um, I think it's a good thing overall that we are asking ourselves these questions. But uh, boy, you know, it's interesting. I, I sometimes worry that our culture is that we just have an obnoxious owner. Yeah, what are we going to do about that? I, mm. We're stuck. We're stuck. <laughs> oh goodness! Uh, I had. Well, um, go ahead. I, go ahead you know, uh, one thing uh, I think also that people need to understand: there are just degrees of this. I actually tried. I built out a little quad chart uh, last week just to entertain myself, and the x-axis goes from consensual to non-consensual, and the y-axis goes from dumbassery to egregious. And you can actually, you can get a lot there. For instance, um, if you play a prank on somebody that has inappropriate content, that is way down in the bottom right-hand corner. Um, of non-consensual because it's a prank, but also not a big deal because it's just somebody being a dumbass. Yeah. And well, yeah. you can go up 
you know, and escalate um, using your position to um, uh, uh, solicit attention, uh, you know, all, all that awful stuff, the quid pro quo, uh, and, and then just the, the elements that make up a hostile work environment. Um, if uh, someone's offended by something you say, quit saying it. Yeah, uh, I got it. <laughs> our, our, our colleague John had a. a I'll, I'm going to say it. He texted me. He said he feels very comfortable in his work, box optima office. Well, <laughs> of course, John is working out of his home office. Right. So and John is what a thousand miles from any other box optima employee. <laughs> that's right. So and I'm glad like he feels there. That's just where we want him. <laughs> that's right, and he's he's perfectly happy. He's perfectly happy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm but, glad, I'm glad uh, Master Chief John Barnett does not feel threatened in his workplace. He's feeling, he's feeling okay, and that's good. Um, but, I, I, yeah, I think, uh, uh, although we, uh, I, I think inside the company, are feeling pretty good about, uh, about the way that things work in that regard. However, we certainly do find ourselves in environments, uh, trade shows and other things, where uh, it can get a little bit uh, weird. Oh, my gosh. Uh, don't even get me started on trade shows because, one, I'm the PR person who hates trade shows. And, two, um, I don't know why that is all, all the conventioneer um, uh, uh, idioms seem to be true. Mm-hmm. You put someone in a convention center, um, give them some adequate uh, uh, liquor at a trade show happy hour, and suddenly they think they can do whatever they want. All I want out of a trade show is to wear a fez. <laughs> we can get red ones. <laughs> hey, there you go. We can get uh, red ones with black and white tassels. I'd be for that. I could put a whole that's, outfit around my fez. That's right. We can create the royal order of something or other. <laughs> no, but I mean, that is something and that we've dealt with is um, having young single women go with clients to military uh, trade shows. And something I will say about military trade shows is if you have um, two X chromosomes and are under 70, people are going to hit on you. It just happens. Mm. And uh, I do, you know, I do definitely remember keeping an eye out uh, uh, for some of our employees. Not that they couldn't handle themselves, but I just didn't want them uh, to feel uncomfortable or exposed and... Um, it's also really make, uh, fun to make fun of the people who are uh, making bad passes. So there, there's that piece, too. I mean, you can always turn a hostile work environment into schadenfreude if you try. <laughs> We've done that. We've done that. Now, stay with us. Uh, we're going to break now. You're listening to the Brand Ambassadors on Voice America. Please call us and join our conversation at 866-472-5790. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K. on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Listening to the Brand Ambassadors. To reach our program today, please call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. Or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi, and welcome back, everybody. I'm Gary Potterfield, along with Merritt Hamilton Allen on the Brand Ambassadors. And I was thinking, uh, you know, uh, if this was back in the in the mid-'70s, we'd say something like, we can send a man to the moon, but we can't get our phone connectivity to work out. But uh, I think we're back. And, uh, and Merritt, say a word. I'll Merit. say a word. Okay, Hostile Merit. work environment. Okay. I'm here. <laughs> Oh, thank Are you, you hearing very me? much. I'm hearing you just fine. That sounds terrific. Uh, although the subject can you hear me matter- now? I hear you terrifically. Uh, all right, so so we are back, and uh, and the subject, of course, hostile work environments, as as Merritt brought up. But what a wonderful topic as we go into the holidays. And uh, we do have a caller, and uh, and Heather Heather is joining us. Heather, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, so can you, you hear ha- me now? Uh, we can hear you now. Excellent. Yeah. Um, I, I hey Heather. Uh, yeah, uh, Heather, I, I, I'm really glad you called in, and I want to make sure we start with um, your website, which is Heather L. Marks, all one word, dot com, because she is an expert in uh, uh, corporate culture, communication, and leadership coaching. So I'm, I'm hoping you're calling in to tell us what you think the most important thing is that organizations can do to um, have open communication and uh, get a, a feeling of comfort among their employees. Hi. I certainly am. You hit the nail on the head. Um, And thank you very much for that. Um, I've actually worked in strategic internal communications and employee engagement in Fortune 500 companies for the most part for the last 25 plus years. And so I've had an opportunity to observe many different um, cultural environments. But there's something I've noticed that's a common thread throughout all of them, whether retail, manufacturing, banking, technology, Industries, and I would imagine um, healthcare and, and other industries I haven't touched as well, but that is that you said something interesting earlier. Uh, your comment about the need for an organization to have a clear policy, I absolutely agree. That's a foundation. But if it stops there, that's where the problem is. And so to me, one of the things that organizations need to think about is really looking at the behaviors that their leaders are modeling and whether those leaders are being held as accountable as anyone else in the organization for those behaviors. So what's really acceptable? And that, that goes to what the company culture really is all about. So it's not just what people say they do, it's what they do and, and what the organization shows people through its actions are acceptable. I think that's what we're seeing a lot of on the, you know, the the the, um, the tabloid kind of thing happening out in Hollywood and in and in media, where it, where it, you're hearing that kind of thing. Like, wait a minute, they're talking a good game, um, but then then we find out what's really going on with the with the leaders involved. Right, and and one of the things I think that that people are looking for uh, when they're interviewing in an organization uh, to, for a job, they're they're hoping that the organization lives up to what's being sold to them just as much as a hiring manager is hoping that that new employee lives up to what they saw in the interview. And uh, so I think there's, there's a couple of points that I think have become very important to people and especially uh, demanded these days by the newer, larger generation coming into the workforce. And that is authenticity, really being who you are and, and saying who you are and showing that through your actions. And there's an aspect of collaboration and feeling like you have a voice because the, the, the point of collaboration is, is really inclusion. It's, do you, does what I have to say really matter? And that's if there's a, an issue of harassment going on and somebody says something 
is that paid attention to or is that ignored? And, and to me, the other piece is transparency. And so that's one, having that policy and being very clear and transparent about what the policy is. And then two, pointing out to people, what's the process? So what happens in the reality of, of bringing a policy to life in, in how we do things and, um, and how we hold each other accountable? So I, I think those are, those are things for people to think about that, that are ideal, but, but these days really necessary. I would agree with that. It is the process that's such uh, a huge issue. Uh, and, and to me, uh, good policies start with the foundation, solve it at the lowest possible level. And that can be between the two individuals. Someone says something the other doesn't like, I don't like that, it stops. Perfect. However, if it doesn't stop, that's where the process has to come in. And that uh, individual who, not, who is uncomfortable has to know that they can go someplace in their leadership structure, and it should be their, their first-line manager, in my view, uh, and say, you know, I, I've been dealing with this. Uh, I've asked it to stop. It's not stopping. I really need some help here. Mm-hmm. Do you th- yeah. Do you and both think that there's a concern? Need, people need a language for that. They, they need to know, how, how do I start that conversation? What do I say without sounding complainy or, or weak? <laughs> I was going to ask uh, the both so of you. So how do you, how do you, uh, how do you, go ahead, Merritt. No, you go ahead. I was, I was going to ask you if you think that, uh, let's say in a scenario where there is a situation where, uh, let's let, let's use the, the the typical scenario where a male uh, employee says something that that maybe is not uh, appreciated by a female employee. I mean, is it is it possible that to say oh, that person now is kind of wearing a scarlet letter? You know, the 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 male person that that mm-hmm. you know, or, or, or is is it or is the environment now such that the gentleman is uh, now has no choice? He's he's labeled that way. You know. That's what I'm trying well, to. you know, that's a great point, Gary. And I think, hopefully, ideally, what that person would be able to say is, wow, you know, thanks for pointing that out. I didn't realize how I was coming across. And it's how they react to somebody calling out a behavior or, or words that they're using that, that they're finding offensive or unacceptable. One is how you call it out. And can, can it be done in a way that, that shows respect on both sides? But two, how that person reacts to that. Um, regardless of how it was presented to them, whether they're, they, whether it's sort of brushed off or denying it, then I, yeah, I think that person probably starts to to be labeled with that as an issue versus someone saying, "Wow, I didn't realize the impact I was having. Thank you for calling that out. I'll I'll do my best to to you know make sure you're not feeling uncomfortable right. in the future." There, there are different ways it can be handled that that can turn it completely around. It's kind of like customer service situations. You know those stories. Uh, about when something went wrong and then an, an organization, someone in the organization really surprised the customer and did it right to fix it. It doesn't mean a problem never happened, but how they went about fixing it and how they responded to that problem, that's what impresses people. It's interesting in that regard. Um, I think in those circumstances, and I think it happens to all of us in a retail environment or a, or, or a service environment, where someone does something like that, you, you start by having a problem and you're upset with the organization. I have a problem. But then when they go so far to, to fix it, that, you, that instead now you actually are a big supporter of that organization. So I imagine in, in a sexual harassment environment at work, if, the, if you see the organization goes you know, over the top and does a lot of work to, to, to resolve it, they're like, now the, now the person who felt previously um, uh, maybe uh, harassed is now feeling that much better about the organization. Absolutely. I think identification and calling out a problem is the first opportunity to show people what you really mean and to either win them or lose them. Right. Mary, you had something that you wanted to follow up with? um, Yeah, I just wanted to ask about, well, one, um, do you have time to stay with us through the next segment? And two, um, I'd like to talk a little bit about putting the scarlet letter on the other person, the person who complains. Mm-hmm. How do you prevent that? Yeah, that's, that's great. And yes, I do have time to stay on. Um, and, uh, great. Boy, that, that, yeah, so do, or do you need to take a break? We are. I think it's a good time to take a break. We'll take a break now and, uh, and uh, uh, come back in just a few minutes. This is terrific. We'll have Heather with us when we come back in a few minutes. You're listening to the Brand Ambassadors. And again, 
Uh, Heather has called in, and we're so glad that she did on our listener line at 866-472-5790. And uh, you can do the same, and uh, or you can give us a, 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 an email at brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com. This is the Brand Ambassadors, and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you're listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Why? Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Listening to the Brand Ambassadors. To reach our program today, please call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. Or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Merritt Hamilton Allen, joined by Gary Potterfield, and by phone we've got Heather Marks of Heather Marks Consulting. Uh, I'm so glad uh, you're able to join us this morning. One thing we just left off of um, that I, I think uh, is important to address is something we're seeing a little bit with this with the viral hashtag Me Too campaign, and that's the importance to avoid victim shaming. What are your thoughts on that, Heather? Um, I, you know, that, that's absolutely right. And that's the importance to avoid victim shaming has always been there. Um, but, but thank goodness it's getting a little more attention now. And, but uh, that said, there isn't a lot of knowledge or understanding necessarily about how to avoid it. Uh, victims themselves uh, have uh, sort of tapes that they're playing in their head of, of scenarios they've seen play out for other people. And so they might feel ashamed that they got caught in this trap. Of, um, of, the, of the abuse that they're receiving. You know, what did I do uh, to receive this? And, so, and other people might perceive that as well and say, well, that person just isn't um, 
you know, has done something wrong. And, and there's a lot of that culture out there. And so, again, to go back to something I said earlier, helping people find a language for addressing it and talking about things and for and finding new language to address victims, for, for victims to figure out how to talk about what they've experienced in a way that, um, that actually shows respect for themselves and for uh, the people around them to consider that there's a point of view, let's find out more about it rather than let's just shut it down and, and it's embarrassment to the organization. There's, there's a lot of reasoning, reasons why people might uh, do or say things that result in shaming the victim. And I, I think having people think through a more open mindset, being open to learning and open to finding out what's really going on and open to the truth, quite honestly, um, and there's truth on both sides, and there might be the person, the, uh, the accused person might also have a point of view of, of not realizing. In some cases, they realize exactly what they're doing, but it's been to them, shown to them that it's acceptable behavior. So as more and more we, we open ourselves to hearing what people's stories are and asking questions about them before we judge, I think that will help to reduce that um, that knee-jerk reaction to blame both the accuser, the accused, and the victim. I think when right. we see things, right? Uh, and I, go ahead, Merritt. Uh, just uh, it's. Um, uh, I, I think that, and it's the willingness to uh, for organizations to see the truth and act on the truth, and that can mean swiftly putting the kibosh on false claims. That can mean someone might just be an obnoxious person who's not a good fit and that's on management and that's on the organization to decide, you know, can we can we uh, help this person uh, become someone we want to work with or do we need do we need them out of our organization? But there there has to be a willingness um, to not just see the truth but act on it. I was going to say that uh, I would imagine that, you know, the more egregious ones, the ones we hear about um, in terms of what an organization has to do to resolve it, that becomes relatively clear. The things we hear about, oh, my gosh, that is so I can't believe that person did that. It's simple. They're gone and, and we do what we do. I think the middle ground is where is a big challenge for organizations where it's a gray area about what, what exactly is going on and, and how do, and how do we how do we resolve that? I think those are the biggest challenges for how to resolve a situation for an organization. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what, Gary, it goes, it goes back to, if, even if there's a policy, how are people actually enacting that policy? What, what are the words, the behaviors, and the, and the processes that they're using to, to show that up? Because those things show up in the day-to-day interactions of people between each other. Yeah, uh, and I think I had mentioned during 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 the break a little bit that I was going to say that uh, I think it's good for uh, people to the good one of the good things about this Me Too campaign I think is that everyone can say can can look in, inward and then maybe talk to their colleagues and say hey I think I'm on the right track and I'm doing okay please let me know am I am I okay or you know even okay. if you believe you're completely innocent and you know that's that and I think the other piece go ahead Merritt. I was going to say, I think the other piece of it is how pervasive it is. And not everyone has um, had a Harvey Weinstein experience, uh, you know, but my, uh, my mother has been telling me a story about when she was in college. And she had the presence of mind to see it for what it was and uh, get herself out of this situation. But I think that happened in 1954. So this isn't a new thing. And it's, it's fairly pervasive, and it's how individuals decide to manage it or not. And it, it also depends on the egregiousness or not of the behavior. Absolutely. I One think thing, that's a great point. Uh, if, these mi- if these micro experiences, it's, it's, the, it are the, it's the things that are less clear that I think make people very nervous about um, how do I do it right. Um, my favorite example um, comes from the Navy, and I'm going to have to send a link to this episode to the uh, woman I'm talking about. There was a uh, there was a party at the officers' club, 
uh, and I uh, was with a Marine Air Wing. They invited everybody. They bought a bunch of booze. I was there for about an hour, and I could kind of see, you know, this this is not a place I need to be. So I left. And I will say it was very hard for me to do that because there was one thing I really liked um, and uh, together, and that was free booze and aviators. And I tore myself away, though, because I could see that I shouldn't be there. <laughs> I heard the next morning about a friend of mine uh, who got uh, goosed very aggressively by a Marine, and, and she turned around and punched him in the face. And so I thought this was a great story. Well, she comes in my office on uh, the following Monday and says, you know, I think I need to file a complaint. I said, okay, well, this is what I heard happened. Is this what happened? The guy grabbed you and you turned around and cold clocked him in the face. Well, yeah. Well, did he touch you again? No. Did he even come near you again? No. Don't you think that's resolved? <laughs> and we agreed. Yeah, it had been resolved at the lowest level. And I just love that because it's such a, uh, a dramatic way of making a simple point about handling it on the lowest level. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, you know, and the uh, uh, the other uh, side of that, uh, of course, is um, in 2017. I'm pretty sure that um, punching a coworker in the face is also a problem. But anyway, um, in the officers' yeah. club in, in uh, QB Point, Philippines, in 1992, it was a perfect solution. <laughs> mm-hmm. And 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 I think that that points out a really great point, Merritt. That um, that the lo- the culture of the of of the region, the location where you are, and the organization that you're in plays a huge role in. Okay, so how how do you appropriately act and react um, in these situations? And I think it's also then where, what I discovered when we were going through these stand downs is trying to make this content relevant, and that was hard because uh, I was given the briefing to uh, the Marine Barracks, which at the time was infantry and all male. And this 18-year-old Marine raises his hand and says, ma'am, you're the first woman I've ever seen in uniform. How does this apply to me? And that's, uh, I think that's something else you have to be conscious of in uh, your training and your policies is um, not uh, painting everyone guilty um, uh, or making assumptions, and then also giving them tools that are relevant to their work that will help them. I remember, Gary, do you remember the Navy stoplight? Yes. In the yes. training, we had I, that. I, I, red, I'd forgotten about that. Red, yellow, green. Yeah, and it was just, it, I found it really irritating, and something that, um, uh, a small piece of the briefing that I really played up on and I still use today is if you're going to say something or do something that you wouldn't say or do to your spouse, parent, or sibling, um, or even or tell them about it, if you're going to do something at work that you wouldn't tell uh, your spouse about, don't do it. Right. I think that gets into the subtlety of personality and the subtlety of culture, and I think that's, I think that's a really good guideline. I had I remember uh, not, and it wasn't a se- didn't re- deal with sexual harassment just dealt with uh, uh, workplace environment and I remember um, a number of years ago prior to when I was still in the Navy um, I, some, pe- some people who worked for me asked if they could have a have coffee with me to talk about something and I had one idea in mind what they were going to talk about and what they ended up talking about was something completely different about the relationship with the supervisor that I did not even know they were troubled by and so I guess what that told me was, boy, I got to do a lot better job of just, again, going around to the people in the in the office and saying, how are things? Or, I mean, is there something you want to talk about? What's going on? If, if we don't do that and we just stay in our offices and don't have that conversation, so many things could be going wrong that we just don't even know are happening. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's wonderful um, that they felt comfortable enough talking to you about it. <laughs> no, that was yeah. That, that made me. It made me feel good for about five seconds. Well, Gary has had so much experience in managing difficult personalities. Um, uh, I can't even tell you because uh, creative. Uh, creative people are fantastic, and I love working with them, but sometimes the, their personalities are a little delicate, and I think Gary is really good at managing that. Oh, uh-huh. well... Maybe it's because you're so delicate, Gary. Yeah, I am. A, I'm, a, I'm a delicate. I'm a delicate flower, Merritt. <laughs> <laughs> and 
you know that you know you, know, well, you guys um, saying that, wanna... um, really makes me laugh because because we you know we kind of I think people are afraid that they have to they have to treat everyone like a delicate flower and I, I don't think that's the case but I do think we have to find, figure out how to treat each other with respect enough to hear and listen and see another person as a person so so that we can resolve these things or avoid these situations in the future. Well, um, and then go ahead, Merritt. So that's a, I think that's I think that's a perfect uh, summary because I want to make sure we have time uh, to promo Heather before we go to break um, because you know what um, I bet if your organization needed to you could hire Heather Marks Consulting and you can find her at Heather L Marks all one word dot com uh, Heather uh, is there a phone number you want to give out or is the uh, uh, website sufficient. Uh, the website is sufficient, and if you'd like to email, it's heather at uh, heather-marks.com or heatherlmarks.com. It's either one. I've um, purchased both domains because I have one of those, those names. Apparently, there's a, a Canadian model with my name, which is, is a lovely thought, but not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks so much, Heather, for calling well, in. We are we are really appreciating you doing that, and uh, it, and it's, uh, it really helped out uh, this discussion, and uh uh, that uh, we're going to take it a break now, and uh, uh, you are listening to the brand ambassadors. And uh, do call in and uh, and do email in, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program Welcome back, everybody. I am Gary Potterfield, along with Merritt Hamilton Allen on the Brand Ambassadors. And uh, uh, those are a, a terrific couple of segments with Heather calling in, and I'm so, we're so glad that she did. Um, hey, Merritt, we've got uh, so uh, an interesting thing John has, uh, has asked. Uh, he said, um, 
you know, the, the Me Too campaign is a great thing, and it's doing it's doing some wonderful things. But um, is it possible that uh, you know it'll just become like a flash in the pan that we're maybe maybe just by focusing on a hashtag, it's just, it's it, it it feels cool and nice and everything. I'm I'm paraphrasing John, sorry. Um, but is it you know is that really where we need to be in terms of resolving these you know bigger and deeper issues? Well, I, 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 you know, I can see where, where it can be dangerous um, uh, attacking a whole movement to a single symbol. And certainly it's never worked before because, I mean, remember that pink ribbon flash in the pan? I mean, <laughs> right, right. you know, no, no one cares about, about the hundreds of millions of dollars uh, raised for breast cancer awareness based on the pink ribbon campaign. So, yeah, I'm sure Me Too is way too, uh, is way too shallow. Yeah, there are going to be hangers on. Uh, there are going to be people... Um, uh, who abuse it, but uh, I feel very hopeful, uh, hopeful by it. At the same time, I'm kind of horrified at the more egregious stories that are coming out, largely out of the entertainment and media industries. Uh, but uh, I also think uh, organizations need to be looking at what happens if um, I read about what happens if I read about my company on Twitter, and I think that goes back to having a contingency plan. Having and your plan is going to start with what I call a response to query, where um, you go through all the possible bad questions you can be asked and what your best answer is. And I I think you're going to re- uh, return to your policy and your culture over and over as you build that out. And uh, so you, it's really important, I think, um, to look for organizations right now to be looking at their policies and make sure they reflect who they are. And if that sounds um, uh, a little enigmatic, uh, it's it's because the issue is, um, I was talking with an employment lawyer this week, and federal law on this topic is is not has not caught up with 2017. Really, to get uh, the EEOC involved, you need quid pro quo on video. I mean, only the most egregious uh, uh, instances are anything that the EEOC cares about. And so I think any organization uh, who wants to uh, uh, really maintain the best workforce, they're not going to wait for it to get to that point. If you're, if you do nothing to, to the point where it becomes an EEOC complaint, you got a real problem. And there's, there are all sorts of scenarios that could arise before you get to that point where uh, management uh, uh, can intervene and uh, resolve these issues. So, uh, you know, and that's. One area where Vox Optima and Heather Marks, or uh, depending on your need, Heather Marks and Vox Optima together could help uh, could help you out. Um, next week, we're going to be talking with Overflow Communications about um, uh, employee uh, employee outreach. They're a great firm in Austin who can also help you. But uh, Vox Optima can come in if you're a small to mid-sized business and you don't have a public relations or a communications department, if you don't have a legal department, we can kind of give you a policy and a plan in a box. Uh, we can uh, talk with you a little bit about your culture, get you um, a good boilerplate policy to put in your HR manual. We can get a good contingency plan in place should um, anything uh, get out to the media. And we can help you train your workforce to understand uh, what your policy is and how it affects them. Yeah, I think there's two aspects to this whole thing, isn't there? There's the and you bring it up about the you know what what if your company is, uh, you know, shows up uh, on Twitter or something like that. I think the, you've got the two aspects of it. Definitely, as a as a leader of a company of a business, you want to have a a, a healthy, positive work environment. And on the other side, you're scared to death, as you say, that oh my goodness, what if what what does happen? Uh, if our companies, uh, you know, gets something happens in the company and this gets out there, is that going to, what's it going to do to the bottom line? What's it going to do to our company? And yeah, so you do need both of those parts. You need a policy uh, from a public relations standpoint, crisis communication standpoint, and obviously a good policy for uh, the workforce in general. Exactly. And you know, it goes back to earlier shows we've done on crisis communication organizations need to do everything they can to avoid that gotcha moment in the press. Right. It's uh, it, it, it's a little uh, bit too late if it's already happened uh, in, in some cases. Yeah. If you've got somebody with your company hashtag um, and me too, um, you're, you're, you're behind the curve. Can, can we help you mitigate that? Uh, absolutely. And that doesn't mean it's too late to do anything, but 
I, I think the most important thing for organizations to remember is they've got to look out for both the um, accused and the accuser. They're both employees and both their stories need to be whole, uh, told. And um, you can't um, uh, you can't hold one in a higher regard than the other. They have to be treated with equal respect until the situation is really resolved. Yep. And that uh, also that also ha- uh, means the media. Uh, you know, uh, we're, we're seeing just such egregious complaints come out that uh, uh, are kind of jaw-dropping. And then what's kind of interesting is there's a mindset, well, if the accused denies it, he must be right or she must be right. I don't know about that either, but we do run the risk of uh, condemning people without due process, and that's something as an organization you cannot afford to do. You know, I find it interesting that uh, and uh, when you see the responses from those being accused, um, it, it does look like a boilerplate response that they're all taking. You know, it's just okay, okay. Just, here's the standard response you have to give. I'm sorry, I didn't realize that I was this, and but I t- take exception to that. Uh, you know, there's, it's got to be a lot more yeah, nuanced. There's always, and when, what makes it so uh, shallow and why, why the public at large isn't buying it, almost every one of these public apologies uh, involves, I'm very sorry that my behavior uh, caused this reaction, but... Yeah, there's right. always the qualified apology. And uh, I, I will say, I, I, uh, one person who has kind of avoided that, that I'm kind of pleased with is Mario Batali. He acknowledged that that's how he acts. And he's sorry. That's it. Yeah. And I think that's going to serve him better than some of the other individuals because he hasn't qualified his apology. Well, wow, I can't believe our holiday show on hostile workplaces has gone by so fast. I'm glad we're talking about this again next week to, to a degree. We'll be joined by uh, Andrew Barlow of Overflow Communications. And we'll talk a little bit more about specific workforce uh, engagement, uh, engagement training and coaching. Uh, Gary, uh, thanks so much uh, for joining us this morning. And uh, Aaron, our engineer, thanks for working me through Skype and uh, phone. Heather Marks, thanks so much for calling in. I'm Merritt Hamilton Allen with the Brand Ambassadors. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Brand Ambassadors. Please join Merritt Hamilton Allen and Gary Potterfield for another edition next Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.